Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct and welcome to our new co-host to Game Misconduct. Officially, it's Anthony Pusick. He's been our producer, but honestly, I've been knocking around uh, suggestions with him and comments with him during the course of uh, the podcast. And I said, you know what? The guy needs his outlet just like I do. And uh, he's good. He's knowledgeable and he's fun. And welcome. Welcome to the on-air portion officially of Game Misconduct. Happy to be a part of it, Don. Thank you for bringing me along this journey with you. (laughs) It is a journey. That's right. Uh, this is a journey, and we're going to go through Into it uh, tonight, um, or last night's games. And you know, we were just talking off the air, just um, some of the surprises. And we actually didn't mention this in our little pre-show meeting, but I, I'm, I'm impressed where the Penguins are right now. I, I didn't have much thought about them to start the season. I did not. I had them maybe making the playoffs, maybe not. Carlson addition was curious. They got off to a really slow start, and then they kind of found themselves out west, Anthony. And here they are, fourth place in the Metropolitan Division. If the season were to end today, they would be a playoff team, 8-6. and six. Sidney Crosby, a hat trick last night, and their win over the Blue Jackets. And, you know, he's got, he's got 10 goals now on the season. It's pretty incredible. I don't know how sustainable it is for Pittsburgh, but when you look at, you know, the Devils, and we'll talk about them in a second, and their struggles, and the Islanders and their struggles, well, there's two playoff teams right there in the Metropolitan Division that are struggling with injuries and just not playing to their capabilities. That's what that's what needs to happen in order for Pittsburgh, you know, to make that jump. And it's interesting because, and we're getting to this a little bit later on. We're creeping a close. We're, we're we're a week and a day away from American Thanksgiving, where you see on average twelve to the sixteen playoff teams that are there on American Thanksgiving end up making the playoffs. This could be a, a very interesting week where maybe Pittsburgh is going to be a playoff team and maybe the Islanders and Devils uh, could be in a little bit of trouble. So we'll have to wait and see. But I've been very impressed with Pittsburgh over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, no, I agree. And Troy on Twitter, uh, a big listener to the uh, podcast, did the work for us uh, about uh, American Thanksgiving. And within the last, uh, let's see, from 2013 to 2023, 13 teams, 13 teams, 12, 13, 11, 11, don't count the bubble. Don't count COVID shortened, 12 and 13. Those are the amount of teams on American Thanksgiving that were in the playoffs that made the playoffs. So if you are in by American Thanksgiving, good to fair chance that you are going to make it. And another team I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later as well is Washington. And Don, we've talked about their demise on this podcast for, I don't know, seems like two or three years now. When are they gonna? When is it gonna end for them? When is the Crosby effect gonna wear off in Pittsburgh? How is Ovechkin just gonna be too old to carry right. the Capitals? And both of them at the moment have, they got off to slow starts, but they have turned their seasons around, and they both sit at second and fourth respectively in the Metro, um, because of the 
the struggles that you mentioned with the Islanders, with the Devils. But yeah, no, I've been very impressed yeah. uh, with Pittsburgh, and, and Crosby just seems timeless. Uh, yeah. he, he doesn't want to give up being one of the best players in hockey, even though there's the young gun Bedard who's supposed to be that next guy. Comes up with a hat trick last night. Very impressive. But with, with the, the difference, I guess, is is that Pittsburgh's really relied on their star Sidney Crosby. Washington isn't really getting the goal production for Ovechkin. He's, he's still a plus player. He's getting his points. He's getting his shots on goal, but he only has three goals on the season. So yeah. you got to figure that's going to start to change and how much are they going to be able to rely on that to maybe sustain this. So you're right. I mean, you know, the Rangers have been great. Carolina's been very, very good. Boston, Florida, Detroit's been a bit of a surprise. Toronto kind of up and down. But the movement you're going to see and what Anthony's talking about, those 13 teams out of 16 on average that make it to the playoffs once they are in the playoffs on American Thanksgiving, which you, which obviously is the last Thursday of November. So you're like 20-plus games in. How difficult it is to move. That movement is going to be around the wild card. So you look at Toronto, Pittsburgh. Right now, Tampa on the outside looking in. I think they'll be better when Vasilevsky comes back. Uh, the Devils, let's give them a break because they're playing without Heashier and they're playing without Hughes. Um, Buffalo might have dig themselves a hole. Will they be able to get out of it because they don't have that kind of reputation? So I wouldn't I wouldn't throw dirt on the Devils uh, or or the Lightning because of their injuries. Right. I, I wouldn't say that Washington and Pittsburgh has secured anything. Um, so if things are going to move, Anthony, it's probably going to be around those types of teams. But you can dig yourself a bit of a hole, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, whether those uh, teams like Detroit, like Washington are going to be able to sustain in the East, and, and whether teams like uh, the, the Devils and the Lightning, once they start getting their players back, will just all of a sudden find their groove. Big loss uh, for Buffalo of Tage Thompson, who oh, Bernardo yeah. said after the game is going to be out a while. Um, yeah, that's going to hurt them. Time, yeah. That's going to hurt them bad uh, on a team that's already on the outside looking in, like you said, um, at 15 points. But again, I mean, you look at it, Don, and, and we have a while till Thanksgiving. we got a week. Um, there's a lot of guys, teams with 16, 15, 13 points. Islanders down at 13 points. Um, a lot can change yeah. by American Thanksgiving, but some of these teams are going to have to going to have to start putting wins together. Yeah, the Islanders are the one team where it's really not because of injury. It's just you just you're really concerned about them. You know, I, I, I and I, listen, I'm concerned about the Devils too, just because they're not great defensively. You wonder about their goaltending, but you take two of their best players away. But hey, the Rangers had two of their best players taken away, and they're just unstoppable right now. So give them credit. In the West, you know, is it sustainable for St. Louis? That'll be interesting. Winnipeg has been a bit of a surprise here late. They got the win against the Devils last night. Kyle Connor, to me, is one of the most underrated players in the NHL. And you know what Hullabuck can do. The problem I have, Edmonton, I think, we'll see. They did win their first game with Chris Knobloch behind the bench against the Islanders. But did they dig themselves too big of a hole? The team I'm concerned about, EJ brought this up. On Monday is Minnesota. Uh, they've really kind of fallen apart here. Um, the five, eight, and two to start the season. And EJ flat out said, Anthony, that Dean Evison might be the next coach we see get canned here. Yeah, I know. I know everybody in this area, at least, the, the Fire Lambert chants have gotten loud at uh, yeah, UBS. Yeah, that could be but, too. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know, Don. I, I I would agree that 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 Dean could be the one to go. I mean, he's certainly a, a prickly personality, let's say. Um, and when you're winning, of course, you know those personalities kind of stick around. But when it's not working, uh, you wonder if a change is is necessary there. And the thing about uh, the the Islanders that's different from the Wild. I think the Wild have the talent doesn't seem like it's clicking right now. Maybe the goaltending isn't what you expected for them thus far. But with the Islanders, this is kind of the same core 
with the addition of Bo Horvat that brought them to the Eastern Conference Finals with Barry Trotz, but maybe that was just a Barry Trotz knew how to run their system, and Lane Lambert just hasn't gotten the same defensive, certainly the same defensive production, but overall production out of that team. Uh, the change in, in coach really did not boost them. If anything, it hurt them. Yeah, and and also out west, a big surprise, Anaheim, and, and you just had a stat on how well they played in the third period. Yeah, six uh, comeback victories for the Ducks in the third period, 15 games into the season. That's the most uh, in NHL history, and they're just fun to watch. I mean, Trevor Zegers, Troy Terry, um, we know that there's two former Rangers there in Ryan Strom and Frankie V. Frank, Frank Vetrano's having an unbelievable uh, start to the season. Um, beat the Predators 3-2 to two last night. Um, and take a look at the standings and where they sit. They're they're fourth in the Pacific, and if I have to, if I look at the wild card, yeah, they're first in the wild card. Mm-hmm. Eighteen points, only one point behind, uh, uh, one point behind the Kings for third in that division. Um, they're a fun team. They could score for sure, and to have as many comeback wins as they do, it's not of course sustainable. You'd like to be able to get a lead every once in a while, but I would I would be I would say I'm very impressed with how they played thus far. Yeah, and uh, and the Blues five goals against the Lightning, put up an eight spot against Colorado, so they're starting to find uh, a nice offensive groove there, and and it's everybody is uh, contributing to what they've been able to do offensively. Kairou's got. Uh, Four goals. He had a, he had a goal last night. So that's a nice uh, nice little more. I don't again. I don't know how sustainable it is. And we could talk about the loss of Asilevsky, but you know they're also not scoring. You know if it, it's it's point it's Kucherov. They're not getting much else. So maybe a little bit concerned uh, about them. And uh, the Dallas Stars continue to impress. Where they have seven special team goals uh, in their victory the other night, and now they they end up winning in overtime against the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Duchesne, who's really been a nice addition for them. He's got already six goals in the season, and there are the Dallas Stars, only three losses in regulation this year, sitting in first place in the Central Division. I think Jake Ottinger is one of the best goalies in hockey. I mean, we saw it two seasons ago when he almost willed the Stars to victory in that playoff series. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of who they were playing. Was it was it Calgary? I forget who it was. It might have been Edmonton or Calgary, whoever they, whoever they played, but he played unbelievable and almost willed them to a victory in that series. And when you have a goalie like him and you have the offensive production that they have because they have guys like Tyler Sagan, like Matt Duchesne, who yeah. are putting the puck in uh, in the back of the net, uh, very impressive stuff. Uh, they're a fun team to watch. Um, you had them going pretty far in yeah. your predictions, so yeah. looking looking pretty good there. And with, with uh, Colorado scuffling a little bit, now they have a, a nice five-point lead in that uh, Central Division. Yeah, it had to be Calgary that they played because that, that's when Calgary played Edmonton, and then Edmonton eventually went to the conference final against Colorado, so that was a couple of years ago. My memory's not so bad. Uh, no, it's very good, so <laughs> good on you. Uh, the Rangers situation, Larry Brooks reports that the Rangers are not interested in Patrick Kane. I guess that makes sense. For a couple of reasons, Wheeler's starting to play well. He's playing, getting top line minutes. He's starting to score a little bit, and and you know we got a call out of nowhere on the Michael K show about <laughs> how would you describe Patrick Kane's tenure? I was like, it's a nothing burger. Nothing really happened. He had That's a those emails, of moments, those but, lovely emails that we get. But um, uh, honestly, I I I thought maybe there was a chance when Wheeler wasn't scoring or producing, and he was stuck on the third line, and you know the Rangers kind of needed that winger. I, I just he'll he'll land somewhere. You know, maybe he'll go to Buffalo now with with their injury situation, and you know, just to go back home. To I think that makes a lot of sense for Buffalo right now. Uh, so, yeah, it does. Uh, so it just never made sense for the Rangers, and we're we're recording right now. It's eleven twenty six in the a.m. Rangers will be hitting ice for practice, and we'll get an update sometime later today. The situation with Ryan Lindgren, 
who did not finish the third period in in the Rangers last game and uh, Rangers aren't playing again until Saturday but uh, we'll find out how long he's going to be out we know Fox is on long-term IR so he can't return for at least the next six games wonder if he'll practice well doesn't it doesn't didn't sound like he'll you know he'll has not practiced yet so even if he did practice today, I, I, I guess it's possible for Saturday, but the, the feeling around was that Heedle's not close. So I guess we'll see. Um, I don't know how sustainable it is to continue to win games without Fox, without Heedle, um, if you got to miss Lindgren now, because that means extra minutes for Jones, and they would have to then they'd have to call up a defenseman. So do we see Ben Harper uh, come up and play? If Lingren's going to be out for any length of time, you're already out. You're already out. Fox and you lose Lingren. I mean, that's your top pairing right there. Um, Truba and, and Miller have done a terrific job, but now you're starting to now you're starting to play. You know, Jones, who's supposed to be your seventh defenseman, you might have to call Hartford to get an eighth. And what's so, amazing, let's see. Don, is that it seems like the Rangers, in the time that Lingren and Fox have been together, they actually struggle more when Lingren's out of the lineup. Than when Fox is out of the lineup, because he just provides something that, despite how skillful Fox is both offensively and defensively with handling the puck, Lindgren is just that stay-at-home, big-hitting defenseman on that top pair that can kind of give top lines fits, no matter who it is. And when when they when they lose him, yes, Truba can provide that and Schneider to an extent, but there's just something about what Lindgren brings that kind of balances out all those D pairs and makes it makes the Rangers harder to play against defensively. Yeah, so he's because he's yeah, he's he's a really missing piece. And unfortunately because of the way he plays, he's always either playing at not a hundred percent or out of the lineup, and, and you're right, they're going to miss him. But they've they've accumulated points, as Dave Maloney says, points don't go bad. That's right. And, and we'll see how healthy they're going to be on Saturday. There's a chance that um, that Hughes will play on Saturday. There's an outside chance that Jack Hughes could play against Pittsburgh tomorrow. So the feeling is he may return Saturday, and that that obviously will help because he was a beast against the Rangers in the playoffs last year. I don't know when he sure is going to come back. Did not make the trip to Winnipeg, so it doesn't seem like he was close. So um, they probably won't have he sure back. And and so I'd like to judge the Devils once they get everybody back. But still, when they were playing with those guys, they were a little loosey-goosey defensively, and you know how their goaltending is. Um, but right now, there isn't a great feel around New Jersey, especially, you know, last night they kind of hung in there a little bit, but a bad third period, 3-2 became, you know, 5-3, 5-2 in the blink of a hat and end up losing that game going away. Uh, good on Winnipeg, who seems like they're starting to get their legs a little bit too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They're going to need a goalie. The devil's done. They're going to well, need I, a I, I, I agree. And I don't know who that's going to be. Uh, I guess we'll have to just see what teams. I, I know Anaheim, now they're in the running for it. So it doesn't look like they're going to be making any moves with their goaltenders. We'll have to see where, where you go from there. But they also got to just clean up defensively as well. I don't want to sit there and just say it's kind of like the Zach Wilson argument, right? You, you know he's not good, but it's not all his fault. No, you know the Devils' goaltenders aren't great, but there's a lot of other extenuating circumstances that lead to them giving up as many goals as they do.
Yeah, no, no question. Um, but we knew, and we knew going in, we talked about what what is this Devils team going to look like? Were they a step ahead with how far they advanced last year? Um, obviously, being the Rangers, um, knowing that Akira Schmid was the one that carried them through that series, is that was that going to be sustainable? It turns out at the moment that it's not. Um, yeah, there's there's much more problems than just the goaltending. Uh, obviously, not having Jack Hughes, not having Nico Heischer, that hurts. I'm sure they would have liked to see more from Timo Meyer. He had a power play goal last night, but he only has five on the season. Um, I think you just want to see more from him. You just want to see more from that entire team. There's a, there's plenty of blame to go around as to why the Devils are struggling. Yeah, so we'll see how that uh, ends up working itself out. Anthony uh, tweeted this out last night. Uh, Greg Rowinski um, had tweeted this. Sounds like changes. Could, yeah, uh, um, sounds like changes could be coming for NHL three on three OT. Lots of discussions about reducing puck possession potentially by trying to make half court rules on circling back in your own zone. I guess the complaint is, and, and I've called a lot of three-on-three. Three. I enjoy three-on-three. Three. I do, too. But what we've seen, it doesn't necessarily always have the spark that it originally did because teams just know how to work it. And if you lose the opening face-off, you're in a significant hole. You might go minutes before you get to touch the puck again. Yeah. And what you see is, and, and for people that don't don't understand about like the half-court that he, Greg was talking about, is that if, if there's nothing there, they'll circle back into the neutral zone, kind of start over. And you only have five minutes, and it eats up a lot of time. And you look at even – you do get a lot of wide-open exchange possessions. I thought the overtime that the Rangers played against Columbus was pretty good. I thought there was some opportunities there. But at the end of the day, there were only four shots total in that overtime. Rangers had three, and Columbus had one. A lot of times you'll just see one or two shots on goal because – one team possessed the puck, they circle back. I don't know what that looks like, Anthony. Like, are you going to call, like, an offside if they leave the zone and make them make them give up possession? Like, I don't know how it would look to play that half court that Greg is talking about. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm all for anything that will try and eradicate the shootout. Um, you know how I feel about that. I think it's a ridiculous skills competition mm-hmm. to decide a point in the standings. Um uh, honestly, and uh, and look, we we you've covered the Rangers, Don. Of course, you do the games, and you're and you're there pre and post a lot. You see what happens when you have we mentioned it, Adam Fox, guys like Artemi Panarin, having guys that are really good at controlling the puck. You could hold on to that puck on a string in three on three for a very very long time, where you're not really generating anything, but you're just keeping the puck away. Um, of course, there is the unintended consequence of the situations that we've run into where you see guys doubling back, you see guys going back to the red line, you see guys going out of the blue line. I don't know what that would look like. I don't know how you solve that problem. Um, is the issue that it's not exciting? Is the issue that they want to get rid of the shootout altogether? Because you could extend it to a 10-minute overtime if you wanted to. Um, that doesn't solve the problem of... You know, just kind of cradling the puck at the blue line, trying to get trying to get two on one breakaways. But um, if the issue is to eradicate the shootout, I'm all for it. I don't know what a shot clock or red line, blue line, quote unquote, mm-hmm. violation would look like. Because they also said Colin Campbell also mentioned he doesn't. They don't want to see stoppage of play, and they don't want more faceoffs. So how how would that really look? Well, well Merrick um, Jeff Merrick brought this up thanks to Courtney tweeting it earlier this morning that there is even thoughts of just doing away with the lines altogether and not even having offside and just playing just a free-for-all pond hockey 
See, I don't and, think that I don't th- as much as people were upset about three on three OT. I think people would be even more upset. That would actually be what what they have in um in the new NHL game. They have a pond hockey style where you right. can kind of just you can throw the puck down the ice and just cherry pick as much as you want. I don't know if that's what we're going for because then yeah, it gets I, into I, gimmicky I, stuff that I don't I, like about the shootout. Guys, so. here's what we're, here's the problem we're having. We're trying too hard, bro. I agree. Just get rid of the shootout and and have ties. I agree. I, I never had a problem with ties. It was something you grew up with as a hockey fan. I, I hate these people like you go to a game and there wasn't a winner. You you get a point. The league is decided by who finishes with the most points. So when you go home with a point, you got something. You accomplished something. It's not what you wanted, but it's better than nothing. All right, and you get the overtime, extend it by a couple of minutes because I think the three on three is fun. Play a seven, play an eight minute. I understand yep. you you worry about the ice conditions, especially like some arenas like Madison Square Garden that also plays basketball and the ice is in question to begin with. And you play an entire third period, you get a dry scrape, and then maybe anything more than five minutes can really mess up. But would an extra two or three minutes kill? Like you said, 10. I'd be happy with 10. But if the ice is an issue, then make it seven. Extend the three on three. And if you don't have a winner after that, all right, go home. You got your tie and be done with it. Instead of having a skills competition does not represent the sport. And I can tell you, you as a fan, Anthony, me calling games and also as a fan, more times than not, I'm disgusted when the three-on-three overtime is over going to the shootout. There was a time when we played four-on-four where overtime was very pedestrian. You look forward to the shootout because it was something new. It was different. It was kind of exciting. But it's been 15, 16 years now, however long it's been, probably longer than that, now 18 years since coming out of the lockout. And it's lost its edge. And I feel disappointed when the three-on-three is over. So extend it by a couple of minutes, and if it's a tie, it's a tie. I, somebody needs to explain to me what's the matter with a tie. Again, and I know it's not your favorite sport, Don, and it's not one of my favorites either, but the most popular sport in the world, or one of the most popular sports in the world, is soccer, and they have no problem going to ties. Um, Sean no. tweeted to us, I know we're not at tweets yet, but Sean mentioned, I wonder if they should just not switch sides so teams don't have to make the long change in OT. might increase the action and not as much circling back. I don't, necessarily, do. I don't necessarily hate that. People say that it's unfair to the team that that had the long change only once, but you know what? The home team gets the advantage. Home team gets the advantage in OT, and you turn it around the other way. And when you're home, you'll get that advantage. Yeah, I don't necessarily want, hate I, that either. I'm 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 good with that. That's not bad. But again, I I we can open this up and we can take your tweets on Friday of what is the problem with a tie. John Winthrop, who is our program director at 98.7 ESPN hates New York, ties. hates ties. Thinks it's right. I'd rather lose than get a tie, which I never understood. Again, it is about accumulating points. And you got a point. You walked in there with however many points you had, and now you have an additional point. It's going to help you in the long run. Instead of having a a stupid skills competition where the checking and um, the skating and all the things that go in to your ability to, to do things as a team comes down to just your skill players. you know. And, and I know I, I like the idea where it affected the tiebreakers. So teams that win a lot of shootouts might actually get hurt in a tiebreaker situation. I like that. Devalue, if you can, the shootout. Teams were sometimes, when the, when the Rangers were really good at it and Henrik was standing on his head, you almost played for the shootout. Teams Nigel Dawes do to the rafters. Much anymore. Yeah, right. So... 
uh, I I don't I, I don't get it. So you're telling me you'd rather go home with no points than one point. Uh, I, I I don't get it. But we'll open it up to the to the uh, social media on Friday. We'll do our top five then too. But we'll uh, we'll we'll get a reaction. Want to hear from you on uh, what's going on there? So you ready? You ready to get some tweets going? Let's do it. Everybody seems very excited. Uh, guns. Love guns. Hey, guns. Um, after the uh, Adam Johnson horrific situation and the Gooley, uh close call last night, I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, I saw Lynn it. Holmes' skate came up, and but he was fine. But he's asking about uh, neck protectors. It's going to happen. I, I think that we talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, Anthony, that you know we, we saw it. The, uh, what happened with the Brittany Cecil situation, the fan that yep. got struck by a puck. Um, this is an opportunity for the NHL to react to something that didn't happen in the NHL but can very easily happen. We've seen so, so many close calls, like last night, guys that have actually gotten cut, almost bled out, like what happened to Clint Malarchuk back in the eight, in late 80s. So to answer your question, I think it's going to happen definitely sooner than later. Probably not this year. But soon. And look, TJ Oshie already is wearing the neck guard. Having guys that are prominent names in the sport already starting to wear it um, certainly helps. I mean, look what happened with, uh, with, with visors, Don. I mean, Mark Stahl, thankfully, ended up being okay. But the vision in his eye after getting hit by that puck uh, is still not at 100% what it used to be. And after that, it was started to be mandated, grandfathered in, you have to wear visors mm-hmm. if you get to the National Hockey League. Um, and that and that was an incident where, thankfully, like I said, Mark is okay, all, all things considered, but th- that didn't involve you know somebody somebody losing their life. Um, yeah. and, and this is a preventable thing. I, I, I haven't played hockey at the level that these guys have, so I can't say that the e- extra padding or you know the way that these neck guards are are structured affects your you know your per- peripheral vision or turning your head or your neck. But if it's something that they could do without really harming their ability to play the sport, I think it's something that. Not not mandated. <sighs> Mandated's tough, but I'd say strongly encouraged. And I don't think the NHLPA will stand in the way of trying to keep the player safer. See, because you know, you also have to live with possibly being the one that that committed the act. And I'm not yeah. talking about what happened in uh, Europe. Because maybe it was intentional and that player was arrested. We'll see if he gets charged. I'm assuming it's a manslaughter charge. I don't know if they can get into his head of intent. But just imagine being that player that if you were to kill somebody, having to live with that. So you could say, well, hey, you go out there in your own peril. You don't want to be protected. That's your business. Okay, but there's still other people that are involved in that that uh, might feel a way about it as well. That they have to live with what what had taken place with them. So I I don't think you want to see that happened but but you know again i don't think it'll happen this year but i'm sure you'll see a push for it during the off season how about uh, harvey cruz is it fair to say i'm getting a giants vibe from the devils this season early injuries bad penalties atrocious defending have really set them back despite it still being very early well they, the bottom hasn't dropped out like it did for the giants and there are you know significant injuries that i think they'll get those players back but this is why we cautioned everybody, Anthony. I think you were on board as well, just anointing the Devils as a championship-caliber team. I thought they were good. I thought they were a playoff team. I thought it was a team that could compete for the division. But we needed to pump the brakes on, oh, they're, they're the cup contender. They've got the best chance of, of um, than the Rangers to win the cup. And I said, can we get some scar tissue so we can we get some trials and tribulations? Because that's, what, that's where our championships are carved out. And they lose a couple of their best players, and, and they're a sinking ship. Where, where the Rangers, and I don't want to mean to make those comparisons, 
but I will because there was a lot of people who felt, and I got destroyed for it when I said I thought the Rangers had a better chance of winning the Cup than the Devils for this reason. The Rangers are used to being in this situation, so they lose a few players and they haven't been able to miss a beat. Are the Devils ready for that? You know, and and clearly right now they're not. Doesn't mean they won't be by the time we get to to the playoffs. But right right now you're seeing a team that's young, that's not used to being in this situation, not used to being a favorite, and and I think the fire is a little too hot for them right now. Speaking of scar tissue, I mean Harvey Cruz is certainly showing his scar tissue here. The Red Bulls, uh, the Giants. He's he's really trying to equate it all together. And uh, the God fearing men that we are, Don, you never want to anoint the devil. But I do think that there is... I don't get Giants vibes from this team because I think the Devils have a stronger core because they have Jack Hughes. But like like we've seen with Edmonton, having one of the best players in hockey doesn't guarantee you anything. Um, and when you lose that player, when he's a big part of your offense, mm. um, it's going to hurt. And Nico Heischer, that hurts. And I think we saw the issues here. We didn't know that the Giants were going to be as bad as they were. We didn't see these warts coming for them. With the Devils, we kind of saw before the season, this could not go the way we expected. This might go awry. Maybe the goaltending isn't as good as it showed in the playoffs. So I think that the Devils can be better, and I think that they can improve and turn the season around. I don't necessarily think that this is going to be bottom falls out, fire Lindy Ruff again after just sending him to an extension. Um, so I don't know if it's exactly Devils to Giants. No, I don't think so either. But um, but listen, I can understand his panic because of the teams that he roots for. Adam asks, if the Devils goaltending continues to struggle the way it has, could you see Soros be a deadline target if Nashville continues to fall out of it? Also, how do you like a fit with Nikita Zadarov in New Jersey? Well, I, I, I think it's too early to start saying these teams are out of it. Now, Zadarov just signed, what, a one-year deal, so he's a free agent, so that could be possible. I just looked it up. So, um, UC Soros is not a bad cap hit. It's only a $5 million cap hit. He's That's a free unbelievable. Agent after next year. So they have him for the 24-25 season. Then he becomes a free agent. I don't know why Nashville would do that. He's affordable. They have him for another year. Um, so, no, I, I don't. I, it's a nice thought. Now, I don't think Trotz is in teardown mode yet. No, I mean I know they're five and ten, but I, no. I don't think he's trying to really bottom this out. Just and if you, and if you got an affordable goaltender, Anthony, then I, I, he could be a part of the rebuild. You know, so uh, of you go into next year knowing that hey, I've got one of the best goaltenders in the NHL, and it'll make uh, the rebuild a little bit easier. Um, Dean Kelly says, "Would you put Heedel at the second line or third line when he returns from injury?" Is this because of how good Trocheck has looked? On the Laf Panarin line, yes, I, I would think, and 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 you can reunite Kako with Heedle by having him be the third line. I think he's the third line center until until proven otherwise. Well, you're not going to mess with. Uh, I know Zabanajad struggling a bit, but you're not messing with the top line. And the way Trocheck is playing on the second line, I would think Heedle fits better on the third. And look, line. I know we love the numbers, but that's that's the second and third line are two pretty balanced lines then. Not that they weren't balanced before, but I told you, Don, off off the air, that that third line of Cooley, Trocheck, and Wheeler to me was just odd. Like I know the Rangers were playing well and they were generating some chances with that line, but that line to me just didn't. There was something about it that that, that yeah. wasn't really clicking. You basically have kid line two point 
You can get Cooley, Heedle, and Kako together, and I know that the Heedle and Kako you can't really call kids anymore. They've been in this league for what seems like forever. But, I, I mean, the Heedle-Kako connection is obviously something that's very strong. Lafreniere has found a home on that second line. Maybe Cooley benefits from having um, a dynamic center like Heedle, where Trocek fit a little bit better with Panarin. Um I say, yeah, put him back on the third line for now, and 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 you kind of as La, as La Violette, you can kind of look at all those lines and say who's playing the best, and he's been fine yeah. to do that and say this this is the line that's going to get more minutes today. This is the line that's going to get more minutes next game. I don't hate that at all. Uh, Islanders match Jets fan says how long until Lane Lambert gets fired? Uh, let's see how this trip plays out. What is it? Calgary, Vancouver, Seattle. So I got some tough if, – if they don't win a game here or if the bottom drops out, I could see them coming back to Nassau with a different head coach. Yeah, I mean, look, I, like I said, I don't know if, if Lambert – I don't know if Lambert's necessarily the issue. I think that this roster was what it was because of the way Barry Trotz implemented his defensive system. You see it with Laviolette with the Rangers and what a difference it makes with just not even that many different players but just a system and what it could do. I mean, Matt Barzell's got two goals. Bo Horvat's got four assists. Barzell leads the team with... Is that right? Barzell leads... The, oh, no, last five games, Barzell has yeah. four points. Those are the last five games. This this new NHL app, Don, I got to tell you. Not a, uh, thank you. Thank you for <laughs> saying... I don't know what... I, here is... There's a lot of bad ideas. And, and this is one of them. And this is definitely one of them. I, I honestly... And I'm not saying that... Again, it's going to come from a place of bias because you know how big a hockey fan I am. Yeah. But I have been forced, because of the job that I have... I shouldn't say forced, but I have all the apps of the four major leagues As you should. that we cover. Why not? And I always thought the NHLs was the best. I agree. I, I really did. I, 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 I'm horrified by the NBA site. I'm horrified by the NFL site. Yeah, it's bad. They don't function as well. They're not uh, aesthetically pleasing. It's not easy to navigate. Baseball and hockey, and they were owned by the same company, um, were the best. Yep. And I haven't taken a look yet if they're going to mess with the baseball app. Um, after this now too, but what are you doing? I, I honestly, I just I'm, I'm disgusted by just the way the the, the scores are presented. Um, there used to be a time that right there would tell you who scored the goal with the assist, the number of goal. Um, that that doesn't pop up half the time. Um, it, it's a struggle to find where the box score. Um, the the uh, the, ge- the, t- the game sheet is and the report um, the uh, roster yeah. report oh, yeah. it's just it, it's very difficult to navigate and my my theory on all this stuff Ooh. is that we we don't want to squelch um, people and their ideas so we go we go into a meeting <laughs> and then somebody raises their hand and says I've got an idea for the app and they're like let's hear it and they don't want to discourage the kid he's new. Uh, they they like his idea. They implement it, and and then they end up sticking with it. it. It's the 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 comparison I always bring up is why do the Yankees always have to when there's two strikes, um, play the stupid whale? Uh, Garrett Cole Starhorn. doesn't like it, you know. Uh, why? Because somebody's probably came up with the idea, and they don't want to hurt his feelings by taking it away. But because it's all participation trophies <laughs> yes. now, and that's the way it works like in business. Well, we don't want to kill the kid. He had an idea. Yeah, it's god-awful, but if we tell him it's god-awful, then we'll we'll discourage him, and, and he, might, he might quit and become homeless. I, I don't know what they're thinking. But yeah, to answer the actual question, because I, I sidetracked us and I apologize, yeah, I think that if, if they don't win a game here, even if I don't think that changing the coach is going to change much about that this roster isn't really what it used to be and the Pelic-Pulak... Um, 
tandem, which was one of the best in hockey, has kind of fallen off a little bit, and that was a you know a, a mark on Barry Trotz of just how good he made that defense. I could see a change happening, maybe to get a little bit of a spark. I mean, look, if Jay Woodcroft can get fired with two of the best players in hockey, uh, Lane Lambert can well, get fired because it doesn't seem like they have a whole lot of structure. And I'll tell you, if you take a look at Lou's history, he's got no problem firing coaches. He won three cups in New Jersey with three different head coaches. Right. He, he fired Robbie Fatorik with eight games left in the season, and they won the cup that year with Larry Robinson. He's not afraid to pull the trigger. I'll tell you what, if he doesn't pull the trigger, I think it's more of... I don't think it's his fault, and I don't think anybody can fix the situation. Almost like almost taking a knee. It's kind of where ra- I'm leaning. Rather than I think Lambert's the guy because Lou will change if he believes the change will work. If he doesn't make the change, he believes the change won't work, and it's not exactly a vote of confidence to Lambert. More of like I I, I don't have the team. I don't have the roster. You and know, who am I to question Lou? I mean, he's he's forgotten more hockey than I'll ever know in my life. But this is a roster that really hasn't had a lot of turnover in the it, again back to the Barry Trotz era since Barry Trotz left. There hasn't been a whole lot of turnover, and they've regressed, not improved. So I don't know whether he's thinking that guys like Wallstrom are just going to magically get into the first round draft pick, you know, level that they thought that they were going to get when they drafted him, or they expected more out of the people they got. I know Bo Horvat was expected to be the guy. I mean, Matt Barzell, I feel like, is the only consistent scorer on that team, and he just hasn't had somebody to feed him the puck since he's been in this league. Does this sound familiar, John Tavares? Anybody? Um, I don't know. I, and you might be right, Don. If if you don't think, and kind of where I'm leaning, that I don't think that changing the coach is going to change much, maybe Lou just kind of sticks it out and sees what he can get at the deadline. Yeah, and, and, and he does. he's got a history of making moves. You mentioned the, the Horvat with the Devils. He brought in players like Andrew Chuck and Gilmore and McGillney. If he believes he's got a team that can do it, he will make the moves. If he doesn't believe it, he's not gonna he's not gonna go fishing. He's not gonna throw a hail mary. That's not the kind of general manager he is. So, if I'm an Islander fan listening to this podcast, the longer Lane Lambert stays the head coach, the more I think you should be convinced that it's not your year, okay, and that it's not gonna happen. He's gonna try to go through with what he has and then make the necessary changes next year. I think the better question is, how long do the powers that be with the Islanders like Ledecky stick with Lou? You know, he's not a spring chicken. I think he's already 80. You know, and if it's another lost season, bounced out of the first round last year, no playoffs this year, now you're distancing yourself from the third rounds that you went back-to-back in the bubble and during the COVID year. And does do they decide maybe we need another face here uh, to run this franchise? So I, I love Lou. I do. I, I think he's brilliant. He's a, He's obviously in the Hall of Fame. But it doesn't mean that you get everybody gets to be Brian Cashman. You, know, you don't have a job for life, and certainly he hasn't done enough on the island to uh, maybe Lou to will warrant go never earth. being touched. Maybe Lou will go scorched earth and say that everybody is wrong, and the system we have is great. Not well, then, but he, it'll be proven out by but and maybe he'll end up being right, and the team will sneak in and make a run, and we'll see. But I'm not feeling it right now. They're awful in the third period, and now they're on a a hell road trip. Uh, that can really that define the Rangers' season by b- having that success. And already you've got a loss to the uh, Oilers, and now you've got... Um, You're going to have to score against up. this Canucks team tonight. You ain't going to be winning this game 2-1. to one. Canucks are good. And, and and listen, that's not a knock on Ilya Sorokin. He's one of the best goalies in the league. But you're not going to win this... It's very unlikely, I would say, that you're going to win this game 2-1 to one tonight. This, this is not... Um, this, this is This is not... 
the era in which goaltending is enough. You know, if, if given the choice of having a stud team and an average goaltender, or a or a, um, a top flight a, a, goalie a, a, with an, an average, average team. roster and a and a an amazing goaltender, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the former. I, I'm because you're seeing it with the Islanders. Sorokin might be the best goaltender in the league. Not enough. You got to score. You have to score in this league. Now the Islanders got back to back. Vancouver tonight. Seattle tomorrow. Oy. So that's rough. The games tonight: Flyers at the Hurricanes, Oilers home for the Kraken. Um, I believe that's the second of back-to-backs, um, the home and home there. Ducks and the Avalanche. That's that's an attractive game. You know, yes, there's it is. goals to be had against the Avalanche, especially if Georgiev's between the pipes. And as you mentioned, the Islanders. What's ESPN uh, bet have for that over? I gotta see something. You could do that, Don. I can't bet on that, but you can. On NHL, on ESPN bet, I should say. I can. Yes, you can. In Jersey, you can. Uh, uh, over under six and a half minus one ten. No juice there. No juice. No juice. Six and a half for uh, Islanders Canucks. See, even they think that there's going to be a lot of goals in that game tonight. Hmm, ESPN bet New Jersey. Get the app. If you're betting the over on the Canuck Islander game, then you're betting the Canucks to win and and to probably cover. I would think Islanders yeah. win that game. It just reeks of two one. Um, and if the Canucks win, it'll be six three. So mark that down on your calendar. So this was fun, man. I'm looking forward to doing it on Friday. I'll talk to you soon, Don. And I will see you and talk to you soon on the Michael K Show. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, the best way to do that, at Don LaGreca, at hashtag game misconduct, or or if you got an issue with me, then you can always tweet at uh, Anthony Pusick. That's at Anthony Pusick. See, that's great. so great. That, that's what's so, and just to spell Pusick, it's P-U-C-I-K. That's right. Um, because there is an I in puck when we're talking about music, um, that, you know, I, I love these underscores and ha- no, no, no. At Don LaGreca and at Anthony Pusick. You know why? Because those are our names. And that's the best way to be able to communicate with people is through being, having names. That's not D-O-M stupid. LaGreca. D-O-M. As in Mary. <laughs> no, it's D-O-N. O-N, Don't start N, trouble. N. Got it. N as in Nancy. N as in, um, Niners and... uh, Nice. Very nice. nice. All right. uh, We'll talk to you again on Friday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.